What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. If you don't follow me on Instagram, really, please give me a follow at English Encore Podcast. Post a lot of great content on there. I'll be posting some new content on there tomorrow. I just did another recording um, with a few of the guys I did with the 42 North 78 South podcast show. Doing some more videos with them. So be sure to follow me and the link to their stuff is in the bio on my Instagram as well. Today I'll be going into MLB free agency. Going over some trades that have happened. Some of the big signings that have happened over the last week or so. I'm going to be going over the NFL coaching hires, going through six of the seven teams that have hired new head coaches for next season, kind of giving an overall grade of my thoughts on the hire, and then finally going through some NHL talk, talk about three of the most surprising teams and three teams that have been really disappointing this year, as well as listing four players who I think have been having a really good season that people may not have expected um, to start the year. Starting off with MLB free agency, the Toronto Blue Jays went all in. They got the big fish on the market. They land George Springer, the outfielder from the Astros, on a huge deal, over $150 million. Uh, Really good signing for the Blue Jays. You know, I think it's very evident that Toronto wants to be good now, especially with the young core of players they have try to get as much winning as they can before they eventually have to sign all of those guys like Bichette, Biggio, Guerrero Jr. All those guys, it's clear that they should be the favorites, if not the second favorite, to probably the Rays or the Yankees in the AL East. The Yankees get a deal done with DJ LeMahieu, and they also add Corey Kluber to the rotation. It also pretty much signifies that I feel that Masahiro Tanaka will more than likely not be a Yankee next year. The Mets and their new owner have done a lot of spending. They brought in James McCann, the former catcher for the White Sox. They traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco to not only sure up their infield, but add another arm to a decent rotation as is already. The Indians just get a lot of good young players and including Ahmed Rosario. The Padres did a lot of spending as well. They went out and acquired a lot of big names in trades. They got Blake Snell from the Rays, as well as acquiring Hugh Darvish and catcher Victor Carantini. Um, so really nice job by the Padres. You can tell that they also, like the Blue Jays, very young team, surrounded by Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis. They kind of want to make a run at things now as well. Michael Brantley, after reportedly signing with the Toronto Blue Jays, actually ends up going back to the Astros on a two-year deal. It would have been a huge signing for the Blue Jays to add pretty much the outfield and the power um, full bats of Brantley and Springer, but Brantley ends up going back to the Astros on a two-year deal. Still a lot of other good free agents out there who I've touched on a little bit before. JT Romoto, the catcher from Philadelphia, still available. Trevor Bauer is available as for starting pitchers. Tanaka as well. Marcel Uzuna, the designated here for the Braves last year, still available. And then Justin Turner of the Dodgers is also available. Predicting where those guys 
are going to go is a little bit tough. I do think Romuto is going to end up going back to the Phillies just because with the Mets were the favorites to really sign him, but after they signed McCann, there's really not a lot of other teams that are going to be willing to pay that much money. It's already been reported the Phillies have offered him about $100 million in a deal, so I feel like he's going to go back there. Trevor Bauer is interesting. We've seen some of the bigger teams kind of throw their name in the mix, whether it's the Dodgers or the Yankees. But I think it's all going to come down to either the New York Mets or the Angels. The Angels definitely need to sure up. Their starting pitching can offer a good amount of money to him. Bauer could go to the Mets and just have a really good 1-2-3 between him, Syndergaard, and DeGrom. Not to mention they still have Marcus Stroman as well to create an unreal you know, pitching combination. And they did acquire Carrasco, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, um, in the Indians deal with Lindor as well. So I think the Angels and the Mets would be the two favorites to land him. Ozuna's a tough situation. The general public and the media think that he's more than likely going to be done with the Braves. I've heard the Mariners are very interested in him, which is kind of a weird signing, but I think they're a team to keep an eye on. I ultimately think Justin Turner is going to go back to the Dodgers. I just think that they want to keep him there. He's been a vital part to what they've been doing, you know, for the past, you know, five, six years. And the Messier Tanaka is a huge question mark because there have been reports that he could end up going back to Japan. He's got apparently some pretty significant deals to go back and pitch there. Although I've heard recently the Padres have shown interest to kind of pair him with Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell in that starting rotation to give them kind of a big three there. So I think he's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Other than that, we'll have to monitor the rest of free agency and other trades that could be happening um, as free agency and the season will be coming up here shortly. We still don't really know what's going to happen with the minor league you know, season and with spring training and everything because of COVID. Um, I'm sure we're going to find out here sooner rather than later. Overall, I think the Blue Jays, the Mets, and the Padres had the best free agency. Yankees getting LeMahieu back is obviously huge, but these young teams and new owner, I think the Mets are going to be a very solid team this year. The Blue Jays, I think if they can add another you know, piece to their rotation, are going to be a very scary team um, in the American League. And then the Padres are clearly swinging for the fences. They were very close last year um, to making a World Series run. I think they could do that this year, especially with the addition of Snell to pair with Tatis and Machado's bats on the offensive side. So we will see what happens there. Moving on to the NFL, I'm going to be going through the coaching hires. So, so far, six of the seven jobs have been taken. The only one that has not been touched is not surprising with the Houston Texans. They've apparently interviewed Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier, um, and a few other candidates. Marvin Lewis and David Culley are other names that have been thrown around out there for the job. I think everyone is a little bit timid about taking that job because of everything going on with Deshaun Watson right now and his issues with the front office and not including him in the GM search. So a really messy situation there. I just don't think anyone really wants that job. We'll start off with the New York Jets hiring Robert Sala from the 49ers. He's their defensive coordinator there from 2017 to 20. Was also a linebacking coach for the Jaguars for three years and also spent time as assistant linebacking coach and a quality control for defense in both Seattle Um, and the Texans. Overall, I think Robert Sala is going to be a very solid head coach. I think it's a good hire for the Jets. I know some people are more down on it 
um, than myself. I wouldn't say it's a knock out of the park move. I wouldn't give it, you know, an A by any means. But I think it's a solid B grade. I think him bringing in Lafleur with him to be his OC is going to do really good things for Sam Darnold if they decide to keep him or draft, you know, a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields at that number two spot. I think if they can get more other offense, you already know Robert Sala is going to get the most out of that defense, and they have some good defensive players. I think they have a lot of money to spend in free agency. You know, they've kind of just been throwing money around the past few years, whether it was Le'Veon Bell or C.J. Mosley. If Mosley can come back healthy and they can actually spend their money smartly, I think Robert Sala is going to do a heck of a job. I still think they'll be third in the AFC East behind both Buffalo and Miami, but I still think because of the 17 format, the Jets could in a few years be fighting for, you know, the wild card spot. And I just think Robert Sala is going to be a good coach. And I think he's going to get the culture right there after, you know, it's been so bad with Adam Gase there for so long. Um, and I think he brings the intensity and things for players to buy in. So overall, I would give the Jets a B grade on that hire. The Lions hired Dan Campbell. He spent the last, you know, four years, 2016-2020, as the assistant head coach for the New Orleans Saints, as well as a tight end coach. Um, he also was a tight end coach, and he was an interim head coach with the Miami Dolphins. He was there from 2011 to 2015. Didn't have a great record with them. He went 5-7 and seven in his interim role. Um, he seems like a guy that's well-respected around the league and is definitely going to get the players to buy in. If you didn't see his press conference, I highly recommend going and watching that because it was hysterical, talking about you know getting knocked down and coming back up and taking people's kneecaps off. Um, it was pretty intense. A little bit of a questionable as far as the years that they hired him for. He signed a six-year deal. And to me, some bad teams like the Lions, that's how you stay bad. Even you look at a team like the Bills who hired Sean McDermott, only gave him a 40-year deal. Obviously, you need some time to build things back up. But if you want to be a good team, it shouldn't take you three to four years to build it back up. I mean, the Bills built theirs back up in just a year. I do think Dan Campbell, you know, is going to be good for the Lions just from a player's perspective. You could tell that Matt Patricia lost the locker room and players were talking, you know, crap about him. And they just clearly did not get along with him. I think Dan Campbell's going to do a decent job. I don't think it's a home run as far as overall based on the head coaches that were available. But I would give the Lions a C-plus on this hire. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, they hired Nick Serrani. He was the Colts offensive coordinator from 2018 to 2020. And then he was with the Chargers as their wide receiver um, and linebacking coach from 2014 to 2017 it's a little bit of a questionable hire he doesn't have a ton of experience in the NFL I think the biggest reason why they hire him is because he's obviously been running Frank Wright's offense for the past two years and it was very clear that the Eagles and Howie Newsom said that whatever coach comes in they want them to have Carson Wentz so bringing in Serrani um, a guy that you know Frank Wright got the best out of Carson Wentz when he was there, so they're hoping probably to rejuvenate some of Wentz's ability, which he naturally does have. It just hasn't been showing. At the same time, I'm not a huge fan of this hire because it's clear that you know Newsom and them have just way too much overall control on you know what the Eagles are doing on the field. Like the head coach shouldn't just be guaranteed to have that quarterback if he doesn't feel it's going to be right if he thinks Jalen Hurts is the better option he should be able to have that and it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen 
you know, the Eagles are just a mess right now. I don't know how many of the players are going to buy in, especially after what Doug Peterson did in putting in Nate Sudfeld at the end of that game um, to pretty much guarantee the Washington football team getting in the playoffs over the Giants. So I'm just very confused with this hire. Uh, I just think the Eagles are a mess in general. So for that reason, I'm just going to give this a C. Um, you know, I think he's got a good offensive scheme. I just don't know with all the things going on above him and the Carson Wentz situation that it's going to end up being good. The Falcons hiring Arthur Smith, I thought was actually a very solid move. I would give the overall move for that hire a B plus. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans for 19 and 20 assistant coach and a position coach with Titans from 2011 to 2018. So definitely has earned his stripes in the NFL. The Titans offense has obviously been good these past two years. Ryan Tannehill has looked rejuvenated. I think he's going to be able to get the most out of, you know, the last few years here of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And I think that's why they really hired him is because they want to maximize the value of those guys. And if they can bring in a good defensive coordinator and fix the defense, they have some young pieces on defense that are really good. They just haven't been able to stay healthy over the last few years, whether it's Tock McKinley, um, you know, Keanu Neal, all those type of guys. You know, they drafted Farrell from Clemson last year, the cornerback. So if they can get the defensive side of the ball, you know, figured out a little bit, I think Arthur Smith's going to maximize the talent offensive side with Kelvin Ridley, uh, Russell Gage, Julio, and I'm hoping that maybe you can, he can get um, a rejuvenated Todd Gurley and find a run scheme that would kind of suit the Falcons the way Derrick Henry was suited to the Titans. Um, I think that's going to be a division that they can compete in um, just from a skill perspective. If Drew Brees does retire, I think they're still going to be good, but I think the Falcons could really compete if they're coached up well enough. The Panthers are also going to be a tricky team, um, but I think overall it's a very good hire. The Chargers, Brandon Staley, he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams this past season, 2020. And then he was a linebacker coach in 2019 for the Broncos and then was under Vic Fangio um, with the Bears in 17 and 18 as a linebacker coach. So I think the big thing here is he's coming in to reassure this defense, which is already very strong as is and have a lot of great players, whether it's Bosa, Ingram, Derwin James will be coming back from injury. Um, they got a lot of good guys, you know, Murray at the linebacker spot. I think that he's going to be able to maximize the talent there. Offensively, they better hire a good OC to help out Justin Herbert. I think it was a little bit of a weird hire. He's kind of in the same breath as Nick Serrani is. Not a ton of experience, and I think they he kind of got his name after being under Vangio for defensive purposes. And I think defense is important, especially when you are going up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Um, and I think that they should be better than both the Raiders and the Broncos next year and potentially fight for a wild card spot just based on the talent that they have. Um, this move I would probably give a B minus. If he can maximize the defense um, potential, I think it's a decent hire. I'm just a little bit concerned about the offensive side of the ball, but if you can get a good coordinator, I was a little surprised they didn't wait for guys like Brian Dable and Eric Bieniemy. Um, to finish out their run and potentially hire one of those guys to work with Herbert. But we will see. And then finally, Urban Meyer going to the Jags, head coach for Ohio State 2012-2018. Big years with Florida from 05-2010. Was at Utah 03-04 and Bowling Green in 01-02. A guy taking some time off 
um, from the coach game is taking a lot of heat in the media, taking a big contract with the Jags. Um, I like the move from a boom bust perspective. I think if you're the Jags, you're kind of just taking a huge swing at defenses and hoping it works out, bringing a former college, very successful college coach um, to your team. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. They have a few good offensive pieces. Um, if they can, they have a decent amount of money to spend in free agency to bring some guys in. If he can get players to buy in, um, I think he has a chance at being a good NFL coach. At the same time, you know, this is a guy that has stepped away from football a few times before coming back. So his dedication is always going to be in question, I think, for Jags fans. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence will sell out seats. This is a team that in a few years, I think you're going to want to see trying to compete for a wild card spot. It's not going to happen for a year or two. It's just based on the amount of talent that they have on that roster. Um, I would give this move a B overall just because, like I said, it could either be a huge success or a huge failure. But as you know, for the Jags' perspective, you might as well swing at the fences just based on the way they've played the past few years. And then finishing off today with some NHL thoughts. Um, just three surprise teams and three disappointments. We'll start with the disappointing teams, um, two of which are in the All-Canadian Division. Vancouver and Edmonton, to me, have been very disappointing. Vancouver is 2-4, and four, Edmonton 2-3. and three. Edmonton more so because they have Dreisaitl and McDavid and so much skill and talent on that team. Um, the Canadian Division is considered a lot weaker, and I just feel like both them and Vancouver should be you know, sitting at the top, even though it's only six, seven games in. And Vancouver's have been struggling to score. Um, Braden Holpe really hasn't looked great. I know he signed there. And then, you know, you know McDavid and Dreisaitl will do their thing. They just aren't getting the secondary score they need. Pittsburgh Penguins, another team, they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, Goaltending definitely is going to be an issue. Tristan Jari has not looked nearly as good as he did last year. And their backup to Smith has looked brutal in the games he's played. Um, Malkin and Crosby are continuing up their age. Crosby looks good. I haven't heard much from Malkin yet. Um, Jake Gensel is obviously a star um, in the making on that team, but they've been disappointing so far. Montreal Canadiens, on the other hand, very surprising. They're off to a 3-0-2 start, getting a lot of goals from a lot of different players, one which I'll talk about in a minute as a standout player so far. Carey Price has been good in net. Um, their decor has been a lot more sound than I thought it would be. Um, they're currently leading that Canadian division. The New Jersey Devils have been another surprise team. They're 2-1-1. Lindy Ruff has them playing a very fun uh, style of hockey right now. They're getting a lot of production out of their young players. And then the Minnesota Wild off to a 3-1 hot start, getting more uh, better goaltending than I thought they would. And Jared Spurgeon and other guys on the offensive side have been putting pucks in the net, and they've been very solid defensively. A lot of people counted Minnesota out, um, myself included, just based on the players that they've lost, and they didn't really gain too many players in the offseason, have a lot of depth issues, especially down the middle, but they're off to a really good start. Um, some players that have stood out to me so far through these you know, seven, eight games, New Jersey Devils' Jack Hughes has stood out. Four games played, two goals, four assists, and plus three. Um, he's had a really good start to his second year. Mark Stone has Vegas buzzing. I think they're easily the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Through four games, he's got two goals and five assists for seven points, and it's already a plus six on the year. Um, probably one of the more underappreciated players in the entire NHL. Kevin Hayes from the Flyers is doing a really nice job with Sean Couturier going out. 
through five games played. He has two goals and five assists for seven points as well, and is plus four. And then Tyler Toffoli has been unreal for the Canadians, a great free agent pickup, a guy that I was hoping the Sabres were going to sign. He had a really good year last year with Vancouver. Five games played, five goals, two assists for seven points, and he's plus five. Has the Canadians, as I said, already at 3-0-2, getting a lot of production from guys they signed. So um, very good job by Montreal in the offseason, getting him on a very team-friendly deal. Um, so I think, obviously, these can all change, you know, only being you know, five to eight games in for some teams, depending on COVID and other situations. But it's just really nice to have the NHL back. Um, a lot of good games so far. A lot of high-scoring games at the beginning of the season just because players still shaking rust off. But definitely some good high-scoring games, some good. Um, the thing I do like about all this interdivision stuff is it kind of creates for a more physical style of hockey, which I think some fans really enjoy, like myself. Um, the games get a lot tighter, a lot more fighting, hits, something that I really like and enjoy in the game when the games are closer instead of just constant blowouts or a change of pace from always having, you know, six, seven goals for one team and, you know, four or five that are, you know, scoring 10, 12 goals in a game. Scoring's fun, but sometimes it's nice to have a 3-2 game with a lot of hitting and fights going on, um, something that I definitely miss in hockey. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Like I said before, follow me on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. Have the link to the 42 North 78 West show in my uh, bio if you want to check them out. Sebastian, Alex, and Kevin had a nice talk with them last night, and we'll get those videos uploaded as soon as possible. I'll be back again on Monday with another podcast episode, hopefully following a Bills win and a trip to the Super Bowl. So talking about that, some more Sabres hockey, probably touch on some UB basketball as well, maybe even some UB football talk which Eric Patterson and them declaring for the draft. But that's going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.